0: Welcome to Defining Endurance, a podcast focused on providing actionable insights for endurance athletes. Whether you're an athlete just getting started in endurance sports or a veteran looking to gain an edge, the Defining Endurance podcast is here to ask curious questions with athletes and fitness professionals. And most importantly, dive deep on current training topics so you can become the best version of yourself. Let us wait no longer. Let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back to the Defining Endurance podcast. I'm your host, Coach Andrew Simmons of Lifelong Endurance, head running coach, as well as the head distance coach at Peak Performance Running, which is our local youth program here in Golden, Colorado. Today's episode is a doubleheader. Uh, we're not just sitting down uh, to talk with an athlete or talk with a coach. We're actually going to do both. Uh, the first half of this episode, I'm sitting down with Parker Wolf. And he was uh, this year's Gatorade Player of the Year, uh, as well as sitting down with his coach, Ethan Dusto, who's the head distance coach and head cross-country coach of Cherry Creek High School. Um Sitting down and talking with these both today gives some really great insights into, uh, you know, where a high school athlete's mindset is when they're at the absolute uh, peak of the sport, Um, and also sitting down with his coach and talking about the long-term development of an athlete. Um, So I think you guys will get two great contrasts uh, sitting down and listening to this, but I wanted to give some context. Sitting down with Parker, uh, he was two days away when we sat down from owning the major distance triple, meaning he has the 5,000-meter Colorado state record. He has the two-mile Colorado state record, actually, now. He set that two days later after the interview and for a little bit there owned the mile Uh, Colorado state record. So for about 25 minutes, he owned all three records. Now, the reason that's important is for about 39 years, that mile record hadn't been touched. Uh, We saw Cole Sprout, Cruz Culpepper, you know, other athletes that have really peaked at the top of the sport in Colorado come within 410, 408 range um, of that record, uh, but had never quite broken it. And when i sat down with parker he had just run 406 and so we thought that that record was going to stand for another 30 some odd years and within a week someone came along and broke it harrison went out of mountain vista high school uh which is not too far from cherry creek uh ran for his life and ran 4.05, setting the new record. So uh, it's pretty clear to see uh, that if that race were to come together for those two, um, it'd be pretty darn exciting to see if we can uh, lower that to 4.04, 4.03. And uh, this episode really is is one that's kind of close to my heart because – coaching high school athletes, coaching youth athletes is something that's um, extremely important to me as a coach. Uh, watching this sport grow at this level uh, just shows me that uh, we can really have a big, bright future uh, in the next 10 to 15 years uh, after these kids come out of college. Um, and even the kids that are in middle school now really have something to strive towards. Um, you know, hard records to break just make sure that everybody levels up their game. And that's really what I dive into uh, with in this episode with Ethan Desto uh, from Cherry Creek, uh, Parker's coach, is kind of talking about the long-term development of athletes and making sure that if they're showing promise at freshman year, we're patient and really looking at what can this athlete be and how can we help foster their their growth, not just as an athlete, but as a human. So I really think you guys will enjoy today's double header of an episode. Without further ado, let's dive in. All right, Parker, thank you uh, for taking a chance to join me today. Yeah. We just, just finished practice, so uh got all the work done for the day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 pretty awesome. much. So we were talking on the way in here. You're fully remote right now? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, fully remote. Chose the online option just to kind of not get quarantined during the season. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um,
0: so kind of before we talk about kind of recent events on things, I think it's kind of worth talking about... Where you started, um you know I think
1: you you've had a had a little bit of a chance to kind of share a little bit of your story, but when
0: did you really start
1: running? Yeah, I really started running seventh grade, probably um doing some five k's around town um I did like the middle school state championship as well, uh, and that was kind of the start, and then really competitively was freshman year, started getting into you know high school racing and racing with the team so yeah, and for those that are listening, um, you know, here in
0: Colorado, we actually have a pretty competitive middle school um, season. So, you know, you're probably eight racing guys like Eric LaRue and a couple of those yeah. others that you're now also racing in, in high school. So, you yeah, know, it's kind of the early who's coming into high school kind of showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of looking back, were your parents runners or anything like that?
1: Yeah, my mom ran for CSU okay. for college. Um, she was there for four four or five years. My dad didn't run, but he was a karate fighter. Okay, Um, so he had some good endurance with that. So that definitely played a role. Definitely played a role. Is your mom also a distance athlete? Yeah, yeah. Okay, she she is a distance athlete. Love it, love it.
0: Um, So you know, when did you recognize that? Just beyond like you know doing some local five Ks, when was it kind of
1: apparent to you as an athlete? Like, oh, I might actually be pretty good at this. Yeah, it was really freshman year. um, Kind of that first time trial we did. I was kind of up with the top varsity guys as a as a freshman I thought maybe this could go somewhere. Um I was going to play baseball and uh decided against it for the fall at least um and started to do running cuz I didn't think I'd make varsity for baseball. Um and then once I hit season I think my fastest time was like a 1610 freshman year I realized that maybe there's something special here. Um kind of been doing it ever since. Absolutely. Probably probably don't look uh, look back and and miss not
0: making that varsity
1: varsity <laughs> team, huh? Yeah,
0: no. I don't. Um, so you know as a freshman you were kind of uh to kind of give uh, people a frame of reference you were a freshman running sixteen fifteen nine forty eight and uh four forty um you know that's that's pretty uncommon to kind of open your freshman year um you know what what w- what did training look like for you back then as a, as a freshman were you running were you running a lot of mileage then or were you
1: keeping it pretty conservative yeah no really conservative I didn't really know what I was doing yet i mean just kind of following the coaches and probably around 30 miles a week, 25, 30. Um, I was a really small freshman, so long mileage was not going to be great for me.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think there's a photo out there of you in the outside lanes. I don't know if it was state or just a bigger meet, and, and you are being
1: towered yeah. over by these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I was like five foot flat when I get, was a freshman in high school. So yeah, and I definitely got, got some people that were taller than me. I love that. I love that. And
0: you, you found you found a way to to stand out beside it, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so you know, there's there's a huge gap between you know the the fourteen twenty six here at altitude, fourteen oh six five k performance that you had this last fall from sixteen fifteen. You know, that's that's two minutes. Most uh, most people when they make a two minute jump go from twenty three minutes to twenty one yeah. minutes. You don't usually see a, a pretty yeah. solid sixteen minute guy run down into the fourteens. What what was the what changed? Like, not just maybe mileage and training, but what changed for you in terms of
1: mentality? Um, honestly, a lot of it was just knowing that I could run fast. I mean, after freshman year, I knew I had it in me. And if I just, you know, up the training a little bit and, you know, growing helped. Um, got a little bit more strength on me. Started doing some weight training. Um, and it all kind of just helped throughout the years. And I think main thing was just getting older just helped so much. And being able to, you know, run with the team and mm. everything. Just all that combined kind of just made me you know where i am today absolutely so freshman
0: sophomore year did you have any mentors in the team do you have any guys that like really kind of shaped you
1: yeah yeah this um are kind of our top varsity guys abe and um jared scott were kind of my two guys i followed i was right behind them in most workouts and uh they were good good leaders um one of them's at byu right now Uh, i'm not sure what abe's doing but they uh they were definitely my two guys i looked up to as freshmen for sure for sure um So you weren't always out there leading the front of the pack. (laughs) No, I was not freshman year. I was second or third on the team for most of the year. So um, then sophomore year, I was I was the top dog. But um, you know, freshman year, I definitely had a couple guys in front of me.
0: So you know, say you you were you were top dog sophomore
1: year. You said, yeah, yeah. I think those two guys graduated, um, and then I was kind of just left. Me and my uh, my teammate Adam were kind of the next two guys to kind of take over their spot. Got
0: it. So you basically just kind of had each other for three years.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, me and Adam, and then we had one other kid that was a year older than us, Josh, um, one of my good friends as well. And he kind of, us three kind of were the leaders um, in our workouts and practice. When
0: I mean, looking at other teams that have like a whole group yeah. of guys that are up yeah. front there and things like that, do you think that that helped you? Or do you think it, it, it uh, do, do you think there was any ill effects of having such a, you
1: know, relatively small Team up front? Um, I mean, it was definitely hard being able to, like, I had to train alone a lot of the time. I mean, ever since sophomore year, I was kind of doing distance runs by myself, workouts were, I mean, it definitely had a team there, but um, just not, you know, that whole group like I did so- uh, freshman year. Um, so it's been tough, but I'm looking forward to being able to go to college and race with the team again um, and kind of get that team aspect of everyone running together.
0: So. Yeah, I, I talk a lot with my kids and my youth kids that, you know, there's this kind of progression of athletes that middle school, you might be the fastest kid Mm -hmm. in a, in a small pond. Yeah. And then you get into high school and you might rise to the ranks of being the the biggest fish in, you know, a slightly bigger pond. But then when you get to college, the pond gets small again, Mm -hmm. but now it's all big fish on the team. And so I think that's such a, it's such a great dynamic, but there's a lot of work that has to go into that. And I want to kind of, kind of talk about, you know, maybe, maybe a little less the work here, but, um, you know, what, what would you say were kind of your, your biggest obstacles, um, you know, any injuries, anything that was really like, man, this was this was the biggest thing I had to overcome?
1: Yeah, there's been a couple of things. I mean, not as much injuries for me. My parents are both physical therapists, so they kind of help me out with that stuff a lot. That helps. Um, but illness, I've been dealing with a lot of sicknesses ever since sophomore year. Um, junior year, I had bronchitis. Sophomore year, I had the flu twice or some sickness twice. that kind of knocked me out. Bronchitis took me out for a long time. And then this last year, covid I got it in July and it took me out for a good 2 3 months trying to get back to where I was. Um so illness has been kind of the uh um main factor that's been holding me back at least for sure I mean. for
0: sure. Uh didn't seem like it held you back last week. No,
1: no, definitely not. Feeling good. Um you know, this after I got covid, after I got my vaccines, um not as worried about it and um ready to race. So it seems like it seems yeah. like it.
0: Um you know, from a from a perspective kind of that that outside look on things what, what tends to drive you forward? If it's not just, um, you know, is it faith? Is it uh, just a, the pursuit of, you know, being, being one of Colorado's greatest athletes? Yeah. Uh, looking back, like what, what
1: for you has kind of been the driving force? A lot of it is just kind of wanting to be the best I can be. I mean, I have a lot of self-discipline and, you know, when I don't race well, I want to make myself do better. And um, it's just a lot of mental for me, just I want to be the best I can be. And that's what kind of drives me. So looking back kind of at that at freshman version of yourself, um,
0: you know, how would you what, what advice would you give yourself in terms of like, you know, whether that's, hey, be more confident or, hey, don't don't worry about about what you can't control right now. What would you what would you tell
1: yourself? Uh, do the cool down a little more <laughs> freshman, sophomore year. I wasn't so good at doing that cool down. I kind of just goofed off Didn't think it was important. Uh, but now I realize how important it really is. Kind of just doing those little things. It it helps a lot. Sounds the like your coaches finally got to you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They sat me down sophomore year and said, You gotta gotta do the cool down well and it's paying off. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all it's all it's all in recovery. Yeah.
0: Everything's yep. it's the workouts, but it's all about what can you recover
1: from, yep. right? Exactly.
0: Um let's see here. Um so let's let's talk through kind of you know what's 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 coming up next here. Um, you know we're we're right now you just uh, ran four oh six last week mm-hmm. that broke Colorado State record. Yeah. Um, so. And and I think one thing that I, I think is really interesting is that was held by like Cole Sprout. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty fresh record. Yeah. Um, and you look back at the last couple of years, you had Cruz Culpepper, you had mm-hmm. Cole Sprout in there. Um, what what was it like you know be, being kind of in the shadow of those guys and maybe not always getting the uh, the highlights uh, that, that they got, even though you had yeah. some pretty standout performances. Yeah, it's definitely, it was a
1: bummer my junior year, cross season having Cole there. Um, as much as I like him as a person, I think he's awesome. Um, it was just, you know, you're always kind of in that back burner to him. Like Liberty Bell, um, I broke the state record, but he broke it by more. So he gets the recognition. So um, it was a bummer, but I think now it's it's kind of nice to have the spotlight. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, so, you know, having, having Cole and kind of even, even Cruz in there, um, you know, breaking, breaking a a state record and then, and then having it get, you know, broken almost right in front of you there. Um, how'd you, how'd you stay focused on that? Was it just kind of like, Oh, he'll be gone in a year and it's my chance (laughs) or.
1: Yeah. I mean, kind of, I mean, I knew he was, I would have my senior year to myself knowing that he was, um, off to college, but um, it was just, I just wanted to break his records. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it was just kind of the driving force. I know I had the speed there and just him setting it and giving me a goal. was kind of nice. Yeah. So, um,
0: if, if you're willing to share, um, yeah. I mean, clearly that, that mile goal
1: has gone down you got eyes on the two. Yes. Yes. This weekend I'm racing the 3,200. Um, definitely going for that as well. I know Cole holds the unofficial record. I don't know if his is official or not because of the whole, I think he cut in early or something. They didn't count uh-huh. it. So, I think the official is like 906. So okay. I'm definitely definitely going for it. Um goal is definitely sub 9 I think, which would be pretty cool for altitude. Um so yeah, I think that this weekend's kind of the that's the main goal. So for anybody that's that's thinking about that, right? That's back to back what
0: 433 I miles. Yeah,
1: yeah, for the 906, sub 9 is yeah,
0: yeah 430s. Yeah. Yeah, so 430s there. Um so so speaking of training a little bit, um I mean, when, when did you know that it's like, okay, I think this is something that I can go for. Was it after the 4.06? You're like, okay, the the fitness is there. Like what, if any workouts
1: you've done have like kind of showed you? Yeah. um, That early season 5K um, down in Texas was a big sign of that my training was on the right track. I knew I could do it. Um, And then that 4.06 just kind of, you know, made it like even more of a reality possibly um, for this Saturday to be able to do that. Um, and then even like time trials a couple of weeks ago for the 800, I ran a good 800 time trial. I think I was around 153. So that was another big confidence booster knowing that I've got the speed, I've got the endurance to be able to to break it. Excellent.
0: excellent. Well, hopefully we have some favorable conditions out yeah. there. Yeah.
1: Hoping so. I know there's, there's weather rolling in, but hopefully we'll get it in before then. So,
0: um, you know, with the mile, and the two mile, you know, hopefully behind you, um, you've got some, some pretty big plans, um, headed to UNC Chapel Hill yeah. this fall. Um, I'm sure you had a, a pretty good choice of schools. Yeah. Uh, when it came down to it, what made you decide on UNC?
1: Uh UNC, most of the coaches, um they were so, I've never seen some more fired up coaches to want to win want to be the best. Um I knew they were building a really good program. They haven't had a good program there for the past few years and getting these new coaches in, um really they're really excited about it yeah. and um I really like the the location as well. That was a big part of it. I wanted, to, you know, good trails to run on, lots of good um weather, um so and also it was different than Colorado, I mean, you yeah. know. I want to experience what else is out there. So all those kind of
0: any concerns about
1: not having the altitude? Yeah, I definitely was bummed um, not to have that altitude because I've lived here for you know 17 years. But um, I think I'll get used to it. I'm not looking forward to the humidity, but I'll get used to it. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And for those that are, that are listening,
0: uh, we're we're in the halls of Cherry Creek High School. Um, kind of shoved into a little bit of a corner here. <laughs> Um, but I'm curious to ask, what are you, what are you going to miss most about leaving high school? And even if it's just high school running, but what are you going to, what are you going to miss most?
1: Yeah, I think just most of my friends, I'm going to miss them all. i um, being able to trade with that team is just so fun. And I'm not going to miss the school as much. Um, school's not, you know, <laughs> my favorite thing, but, um, uh, going to miss my teachers too. A few of my teachers, my coach is definitely a lot. Um, I've loved my coaches. They got me here to where I am today. So Absolutely. We're definitely going to miss them a lot. we
0: got two days left of, of school before yeah. it's it's graduation yep. time. Yep.
1: I think yep. graduation's on the 3rd of June, but we're done with school the 15th. So yeah, two days and we're out. Absolutely.
0: So you get to do some practicing. Uh, Colorado's got a really weird schedule right now. We actually finish school and keep our track season mm-hmm. going. Um, looking forward to that or kind of wishing that it was, uh, you know, going to kind of end with school? You're, gonna, you're excited to kind of have some you know, training time without school in the back burner there to keep up with? Yeah, I mean, I'm
1: looking forward to it. I'd rather have probably a regular season like usual just so I'm done earlier and kind of take my summer to take some rest and then get back into training. Um, But, you know, I'm looking forward to the nicer weather, hopefully. Um, It'll be a little warmer than it usually is during, you know, March and and April. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it is weird training without being, you know, um, in school. But I'm I'm kind of looking forward to having that downtime and being able to, like, maybe train in the mornings, morning practices instead of in the afternoon. So, and for those that are curious, are you a guy that are you
0: are you a guy that doubles? You know, do you try to get your mileage yeah. in that way?
1: Yeah, I'm not a huge mileage guy. I kind of pride myself on being low mileage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do do doubles. Um, depending on the day, how many miles I've got, I I'd like doing them. Um, it just you know helps the legs. And if you're willing to share, what 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 is a a, yeah. a relative week of mileage for you? Yeah, during the season when we have races, um, usually around 45, 50. So not super high. Um, once we get in, you know, towards state, I drop down to 40, 45. Um, so I'm pretty low mileage, but it works for me. And I mean, I could do high mileage, but I think just the low mileage helps, especially during track season when you're not racing, you know, five K's racing that mile, 800, two mile, I think that, yeah, that low mileage kind of helps.
0: I love it, man. Well, Hey, this has been a a huge treat for me. Uh, just being able to, to sit down with you, watch your practice today. Um, love the team culture that you guys have. And this is, it's just cool, uh, to, to watch it all happen. Um. I just want to be able to, you know, as it is two days out, we all mm-hmm. get a little, uh, oh, man, it's it's coming to an end here. Is yeah. there anybody uh, looking out um, that you'd like to thank? Shout out, whether it's at school, family, friends, anything like that? Yeah.
1: Shout out to my math teacher. I know she's been bugging me to <laughs> mention her in an interview, Miss um, Gagline. So, shout out to her, my coaches and teammates. I'm going to miss them all, but... I still got some time with my teammates, so i looking forward to it. Awesome. Hey, Parker,
0: thanks so much for taking the yeah. time, man. Yeah. yeah appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. All right, guys, welcome back. Really excited to sit down with Ethan Dusto, um, assistant track coach at cherry Creek. Um, I had a chance to sit down with one of his athletes, uh, earlier last week. And uh, we've had a, a few things change uh, since we even had that discussion. So the audio that you guys are actually going to hear uh, that plays just before this um, will, uh, will already be outdated. Um, so we've got some exciting news there. But before we talk about the exciting news, I um, wanted to kind of get a little background on you, Ethan. Um, how long have you been the assistant coach
2: uh, at Cherry Creek? Um, so I've been the an assistant distance coach at Cherry Creek since uh the oh five track season, back when we were still segregated and I was the girls assistant distance coach. So yeah, so I've been there since oh five, either as a co ed coach or as just a girls coach.
0: Wow. So we're working on sixteen years uh in, in, in one place. Yeah, I know.
2: Yeah. This is I think this is my seventeenth season.
0: Wow. That's actually really awesome. And I think, um, you know, one of the athletes that we were, we're definitely going to talk about today is, is Parker Wolf, but it's not the only athlete that you've worked with, uh, that's kind of received some national attention. Um, who, who is kind of your first one? I know that you and I kind of talked a little bit off the record there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Um, no, I've actually been pretty, you know, if thinking about things over the years, I've been pretty fortunate, um, coaching, uh, Claire Gallagher, who has recently, you know, kind of come out as a pretty big, uh, ultra marathon runner. Um, and then I had some success with some middle distance runners like Olivia Anderson and Sidney Smith. And then, uh, Jordan Coulter was another athlete that I had, uh, a lot of success with. And then, um, kind of now moving into, uh, Parker and Riley Stewart. So, you know, we've got, we've had, we've been really fortunate in having some high-end athletes come through Cherry Creek High School for sure. That's awesome.
0: Did you, did you know Parker was going to be the athlete he is as
2: you know, today, uh, as a freshman? Definitely not. Um, you know, I think that I, I, so we just had our senior awards last night and I, I, I told this anecdote there too. And I, I feel like it's fair is that I remember the second week of his freshman year track season. He, we put him in a two mile and, um, and, you know, he'd run like a 10-20 and he kept going back and forth with this kid from Mountain Vista. And ultimately, like that kid would pass him at about the, you know, 100 meters in and Parker would get him back about 300 meters in and then another lap. And then they kept going back and forth. And I mean, as you know, it's so hard when you get past, you know, uh, in, a, in a two mile on lap three to come back and then get past again and then come back again and then get past again and come back again. And so it, it really just showed that grit that he had. It was kind of then that I knew he was pretty special. Um, but we also knew that he had to make some kind of big strides forward uh, in order to be successful. Uh, and I think that was what was in a lot of ways, the most impressive thing about Parker is that he came in as a, you know, 18, 17, mid, 18 minute 5k runner, and he took 30 seconds off his 5k at least every single year. Um, and so, I mean, that's just insane. I mean, it's insane for a kid to be able to do that. If they come in as a 23 minute 5k runner, let alone a 17 mid kind of runner and to be able to keep consistently staying healthy and, uh, and pushing yourself to be that. Successful. Absolutely, it is awesome. absolutely. It's yeah. it, it
0: is a it's a it's a crazy trajectory to think that you know he's knocking <laughs> on the door of breaking 14 minutes. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's not something we we commonly see it at the at the high school level. Um, and normally you see like great cross country runner, maybe okay track runner, but it seems like you know he's he's got you know diamond hands right now, um, <laughs> which which I is know. which is pretty exciting and. So, kind of speaking to that, like as a coach, how have you approached that trajectory? like kind of got some hints there, freshman year um, you know, I think one of the the things that's really hard you know as a club coach, so you know you you and I are usually adversaries <laughs> uh you know it, i uh, i I haven't had the pleasure of working with any kids from cherry creek <laughs> um but you know the the reality is is that there's usually this time where it's like the season's on and kids kind of train into fitness throughout the season and then they they spend their time away from the program um and then they kind of regress and they you know so how has how have you or how has cherry creek really kind of approached this do you guys take a year round approach in terms of your coordination and training with this like what separates your program from the others
2: yeah i mean i think one of the things that's been helpful um uh, being uh, being the head cross country coach and then also one of the distance coaches in track, having that consistency helps. Um, so I'll see my kids through an entire year's worth of training, so we can make those longer term plans and think about what do our training cycles look like, what does our downtime look like, and so that we're not, um, excuse me, trying to step on each other's feet or trying to accomplish cross purposes. And so um, that's always been good with, you know, that I'm not trying to fight for a longer cross season and a shorter track season or something like that. Um, and so 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 that helps. Um, I think the other piece to with with Parker as well is that he has done such a good job trying to stay healthy that he only takes a week, maybe two weeks off in, de- in between seasons to rest and recharge. And he's never really been flat. I mean, I, I remember when he was a freshman, we really pushed him to take three, maybe maybe a little longer off after a track season before we started cross country training. And, you know, he was more on the side of, no, I think I can just take a day off. And so we kind of met in the middle. Um And, uh, we've been able to work from there. And, and honestly, like I said, because he can stay healthy, he doesn't seem to get stale like you see with other runners when they're not always doing the best things in the, in their downtime, you know? And so I think that's one of the things that sets him apart is that he takes his downtime very seriously. He's very good about his nutrition, his sleeping, his stretching, his, uh, you know, his strength work. And so that he's not, um, you know, he's not playing club soccer or doing, you know, like uh, other, uh, you know, other things that are not always that we don't really put in our plan. And so everything kind of goes in the plan. And so then we can kind of think long term. And uh, I think that's what really helps to see that success, see that continued trajectory in a positive direction, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one of the things that can
0: be super hard as a coach is, you know, you have a kid that might go away, like you said, that goes and plays club soccer or is a, is a dual sport athlete. And there's this conflict that arises because, you know, I want my kids to play a lot of sports. I want them to be adaptable. I want them to be somebody that is, in, in my words, an athlete. Because to be a unidirectional person, if you're just good at running, you know, you're not you're not as good of an athlete as you could potentially be. I think being kind of movement curious, if you will, um, really does help. But at the same time, it also doesn't let you fully achieve that highest level in the sport. So there's, there's certainly some conflict there. And I think what it comes back to is communication and support. And so on that note, like how do you, you know, you're defined by, you know, Chassa and things like that, when you can communicate, how you communicate, You know, how, how does that support look like for an athlete, you know, in in general at the high school level? Because I think what we do now as, as coaches is a heck of a lot different than it was even five, 10 years ago. Are you meeting with the kids outside the season
2: or is it simply just inside the season where you guys are really connecting? You know, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that the sport has gotten so much more competitive to where, it really does take that that longer term approach, and there's a lot of planning that goes on into it. And um, I, I find, at least for me, a lot of times that looks like more of the emotional buy in piece the you know the the desire, the want to be successful. And so I'll spend a lot of time during either our off season or during um, the beginnings of our season, sitting down with our athletes during their off periods. You know, just trying to find time where we can sit down and make a plan, and um, th- talk about their goals. Talk about what's realistic. Talk about their lives too. I mean, because as you know, a lot of coaching is is understanding those athletes and making sure that you're meeting them where they're at, and that you know what's going on in their lives, and so that so that you can be that emotional support as well when they need it. And so, um, and I think that that's a lot of the approach is just making sure that. They know that I'm thinking about them, that I care about them, that I want them to be thinking about their training, that, that I know that they can be a successful member of our team and just trying to reiterate that as much as I can, um, throughout the year, uh, you know, more so during the season, but yeah. No, I think, I think it's, it's, it's hugely important that,
0: you know, I think coaches, are seen as not just someone that you take direction from that they can, they're, they're problem solvers. I think that's the most rewarding part of coaching is that you, you get to help kids solve their problems. And I think, um, and, and you've probably seen this too, right? Like, I think the the number one thing that any, anybody can do is like call up their coach, you know, text their coach that they had forever years ago and say, Hey, thanks. I remember this one time you told me this random thing. And you're like, I got through to somebody like, it's such, it's such a, a rewarding part of the job. Um, and, and I and I think at 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 that very same time there are parts of the job that go completely unnoticed, oh, yeah. and I think it's yeah. there's there's so much that happens behind the scenes, um, and I, and I think one of the things um, that I look at, you know, as as a coach, you know, again, I'm on the outside looking in. I got a chance to come and join for one of your practices, and you know, kind of capture a little bit, um, you know, through through photos, um, and it is it's it's great to see that you have this rapport with your athletes where. Yes, you guys all get together before practice and it's, it's about having fun. It's not this get down, grind right away, even though you've produced some, some pretty amazing talents and you, you don't have just Parker on the team. You also have Riley Stewart. And I think that that almost creates a, um, a, a harder dynamic. So I, in some ways, I feel for you as a coach because um, you know you have two really high performing athletes. That's not a team. That does not make a team whatsoever, and I think we've seen that you know cultures of a team can be um, completely dismantled by one very talented person, and now you have two really talented people, so you can't just treat the boy and the girl. You have to kind of coach this whole spectrum of athletes. So my big question is: is how do, how do you even begin to look at this and say how do you structure a practice so that you have an athlete who's a four hundred six miler. Get what he needs, and still give the attention to all those other athletes. Or is it simply give your attention to the other athletes because that that four hundred six miler guy, like Parker, knows how to get a hold of you and knows that he can get his needs met when he needs to.
2: Yeah, you know, I I think it's a little bit of it's a it's a little bit of both of those things. I mean, I. it's similar to teaching in this way in that, you know, you've got the same thing that goes on in your classroom where you've got high performing students, low performing students, and you're trying to meet the needs of all of them. And so a lot of it's just about scaffolding. It's, you know, we have the base workout that we have for everybody. And then we kind of build off of that. And so different athletes will, you know, approach, or we'll get get given their, their workout schedule. That'll be a little bit different from the base, but still in the same theme. So, you know, we might be working speed that day and, you know, we're, we're doing short, you know, 400 meter or less kind of interval work. And then we're going to differentiate that a little bit for your ability level. We're going to differentiate that a little bit for what your, um, you know, what your, your type of athlete is, you know, are you more of a mid distance kid, a long distance Mm. kid? Um, but then, you know, to answer your question, what do you do with a kid like a Parker or Riley, or, you know, we've, we've got a number of really talented kids. Um, you know, how do, how do you address those? And, and a little bit of it is that you, at least for me with a kid like Parker, where we've had a relationship for three and a half years now, a lot of it just kind of runs itself and he checks in with me and says hey you know we would say how how's this going how are you feeling you know where like where are you at and just just a little little mini check-ins honestly for me i spend more time with my freshmen and my sophomore kids because it's it's about setting those pieces up so that by the time they're seniors that they're kind of running a little bit you know well they're they're on their own and and they kind of are are self-driven but then also that they can help me to correct and police and to guide all of the younger athletes, because that's, that's really, what's been helpful for me is working on developing leaders so that I can, I don't have to be in eight places at once that, you know, those kids can provide, uh, sound and, and, you know, like you said, one of the things that's most interesting about being a coach is kind of having that athlete call you back and and make that breakthrough. I know for me, it's, it's having my athletes parrot, like not parroting, but saying things that I could see myself saying as advice to the younger athletes where they sit them down and, you know, I can hear this speech that I gave to them three years ago, kind of coming out with their words, with their twist on it. Um, And it allows me to pull back and say, okay, you know, like I'm going to let these senior leaders kind of do their thing. And then I can swing back around and say, okay, hey, Parker, how you doing? Hey, Riley, how you doing? Shelby, uh, Addie, you know, how, how are we doing? Um, And I can get those individual check-ins because I can trust that the process is set up and that the kids who, the kids that have bought in have, you know, stayed with it the whole way through. And And, and, and the, the, you know, the, the things piling itself to a degree. Um, and it's a little easier said than done because, you know, I know I've been a a head cross country coach for, I think 11 years now, and there have been years where I thought I set up the pieces right. And I kind of pulled back and then you watch everything just crumble right in front of you. And it's just so tragic, but, um, you know, it's trial and error and you kind of start to learn to see the problems before they become problems and, and address things personally so that, so that nothing mushrooms into a bigger issue. And, and, and then it, it allows me to just have that freedom to, to check in with my, with my high-end kids and to differentiate for them a little bit and to give them that individual attention that, that they need to be successful. Um, but then also to, to be able to mold my, my freshmen and my sophomore runners into the kids that are going to ultimately take the reins in a year or two. So.
0: Totally. Yeah. I think, I think the the hardest thing is you're not just planning workouts and figuring out entries for a meet. You're also having to manage the culture, Yeah, you know, and it can be small things, right? Like I think what a lot of people don't see in terms of, uh, you know, is the conflicts that can arise between teammates, or you know it's that feeling of i this person gets a little more attention because they're fast and it 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 becomes this thing where it's it's not so much about you know walking on eggshells at all you know sometimes it's it's having those really real conversations um that as a coach, it's like, well, this has to come out at a team level. this isn't just this may be between one and two kids, but hey, this is actually about this is how we manage the culture as you know as a team. And so I kind of want to talk a lot a little bit about that, you know, what what we would call the the team culture or the process um as a coach. So kind of bring me into to the world like you know, do you guys have a process as far as like, Hey, early season, we're always starting off doing this, you know, whether it's moving from very simple to complex race specific type stuff. Um, but let's, let's talk coaching for a second here. Like where do you kind of find the, the process to be if you had one, um, whether that's, you know, track cross country, I'll let you dive into what feels most, most comfortable, but, um,
2: yeah, kind of bring me into that process. Sure. Um, For me, uh, for better, for worse, I usually try and break things down into groups of three. And so, um, you know, if I'm, so I, I'm on the cusp of starting to try and think about my summer training, um, and what that's going to look like. And so for me, um, I'm going to probably take that summer training and break it down into into three phases. You know, your your typical kind of like building up, working on aerobic threshold, Um, you're starting to get a little bit more race specific and working on speed, and then you're very race specific, sharpening, working on specific skills, and also trying to, you know, develop that top end speed endurance piece. Um, And so kind of trying to cycle those through uh, and to layer them in a way that has a through line so that we're we're not uh, reinventing ourselves in each little segment of threes, um, but that we kind of have a common theme. And then we build upon that. So a workout that we might do in phase one, uh, that is, uh, maybe, a, a cumulative mileage, like an eight mile workout. So we're doing interval work over a longer distance. And, um, you know, we, we're kind of working on just working that threshold level. And so not dipping down into, you know, anaerobic work. We're really just trying to stay aerobic the whole time. And then in the next phase, we might do a real similar workout that's five miles and part of it's anaerobic. And then we might, in the final phase, do a real, again, a pretty similar approach, but, you know, by cutting the rest and by increasing the intensity, getting that to be a mostly anaerobic workout that, you know, you're really working on just speed at that point in time. Um, and you know, and so I guess I kind of try and build my workouts in that sense. So I'm, I've got usually I've got a, so I'll take my, my plan that's in threes. I'll take my first third. I'll have kind of like a end goal. What's the goal here? What are we trying to achieve by the end of this third? And then, um, try and rework that a little bit into, um, like, okay, what does this week look like? And so usually we got three weeks in our third. And so then we can break that third down into threes. And so kind of working in nine week uh, training blocks, um, which puts us usually right up to the start of the season. And then we've got another nine week training block, which is the bulk of our cross country season and kind of mimicking that whole piece, Um, you know? And so trying to make that plan, but then also trying, you know, as you know, as a coach, we get athletes that are gone for two weeks because, you know, mom told me that mom didn't tell me about it, but we're going to, you know, we're going on a trip to the road trip of the Eastern United States or, Hey, I got this job and now I've got to change my training plans. And so it's a lot of, making plans and being a, a good planner and be having a lot of foresight and then being able to change all your plans at a moment's notice uh and rework them to meet the athlete's needs and and also to be willing to scrap stuff. I think that was one of the hardest things for me as a new coach was thinking about a plan and getting midway through a workout and realizing that this is not hitting it. You know, we are either, we don't have the aerobic capacity to do this, or these times are way too slow and we're not, you know, we're not hitting the goal or we're going anaerobic when the goal was to stay aerobic and just being able to say, you know what, scrap, we're done. Uh, Finish off with a two mile distance run, come back. We're going to do something different tomorrow. Um, That's something that I for sure could not have done in the first, say 10 years of my coaching career it would have been like no let's ride it out it'll get better you know maybe maybe this is one where we're doing 12 intervals and uh, you know it, it only gets good at interval 9 10 11 12 kind of thing and uh, and just realizing that that's usually not the case that it's 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 usually if it's if it's not going well by interval 6 it's probably not going to be going well by interval 12 so just having that flexibility and, and almost a little bit to the confidence that you can rework it and have it be good, um, to revisit things. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, that takes so much wisdom and experience to like, you know, be willing to make mistakes. I think like it, it falls somewhere between adaptability and kind of that and, and, and a knowledge of like what you're trying to accomplish. I really appreciate how much you put into that idea of like, knowing what your end result is like always having your end result in mind, I think is super important. And I think where, where the athletes grow the most is actually when they under, when you as a coach explain to them why they're doing what they're doing, yeah, Definitely, right? Like, when, definitely. cause, cause by the time an athlete, even in high school gets, you know, two years, three years into this, like not only do they know kind of the rhythm that's going to happen with things, they, they may even have a training knowledge themselves of kind of like what, what they should look like and feel like, and if you're not explaining it and not doing it with confidence, that totally reflects off into the athletes. Yeah.
2: Um. And, you know, I, and I, I can one of the things for me that's really special is when I you finally get to the point with an athlete where they they're comfortable enough and knowledgeable enough to turn back to you and say, Coach, you know, I think you know, and, and not in front of the kids, you know, not in front of everybody else. Like make an appointment, come in and say, Hey, you know, we've been doing X, Y, Z. I think this is great. Can we do this too? Or we did this two years ago and I really liked it. Can we come back to this to where and, and it's and it's logical and it's intelligent and you're like, Well, okay, that could fit into this plan and and so to, to have them build that voice, um, that's one of those things that, that's another one of those like, Oh, this feels so good moments. When, yeah. You see them and it's not just like, I want to do shorter stuff because it's easy. It's, it's like, no, I think, I really think we need to do repeat 800s because I just don't have my pace and that's really what's going to work this out for me. And you're like, okay, I think we can probably pull that together because you've got this, you understand how this fits into the greater scheme. Totally, totally.
0: And I, and I think even uh, in that same reflection, like I'll have an athlete that'll come and ask that from me and I'm still going to give everybody else what I gave them and they may get something different. And it's like, you even have to kind of arrange it for them and say, Hey, like this is what's going to help them build their confidence. Yep. And so that's like, it's what I've always kind of, kind of called the uh, individual group approach Mm -hmm. that you still have your whole group and your team here um, to train with. And that support system is absolutely essential But then you also still get the individual needs met. And I think that's where I, you know, and again, this isn't, you know, to grossly, you know, stomp on any other high school coaches, but it it can become, this is what's planned. So that's what we're going to do come heck or high water. And it it just, it it misses the boat and it misses so many other opportunities um, to grow. Um, you know, and, and
2: help the athletes grow. No, Um, I agree. I mean, I, that's kind of what I was mentioning. I think we're talking about the same thing when I was talking about scaffolding workout plans. And like you said, the, the athlete to grow that athlete confidence. I I mean, I think that that, in my opinion, is one of the most important things as a coach that we can do is try and work on getting the athlete to believe that they can achieve something because, you know, take the the high end you know the parkers and the rileys out of the mix um a kid like parker isn't going to become who he is if he's not in placed into a culture where he feels like he can be successful and so it's almost like in a lot of ways you need to be able to build that base of kid you know you're You're, you know, for me on the guy's side, a lot of times it's those kids that are in the 17, 18, 19 minute 5k range where it's just believing yourself. I mean, it's not so much, it's a little bit of fitness, but it's a lot of, hey, I can finish a five mile run or, um, you know, it's okay to be uncomfortable during this tempo workout. Um, and once that culture starts to take root, then you get the opportunity where now all of a sudden a kid with talent comes in and then they can kind of skyrocket. I think that's been, you know, at least for sure on the girl's side and, you know, to a degree on the guy's side as well. I've had that. I've, I've been lucky enough to to be able to have that success where, um, you know, occasionally we'll get a kid that has a lot of innate talent and then you, you can almost fast track that kid because, because you spent so long working on your JV because you've made sure that everybody's bought in. Um, and so I don't know. Totally. Totally. And I think, I I think the last piece of that is also,
0: you know, creating a culture where maybe it's not so much a, a vulnerability as much as it is creating a place that, uh, an athlete can come and fail a workout. They can get upside down in a workout and have a bad one and go, all right, where'd I mess up and, and not have that ruin their day and really teaching that mindset that having a bad race or having a bad workout, you learn from it. Right. And you're not as good as your last workout. And it's, it's so hard because high school kids, especially they value so much. And they, they have this really narrow focus at times that like, Oh, this, this week isn't going well for me, but they've had six prior weeks of, you know, they've been progressing. If they've been racing the mile, you know, every other week, and they've been dropping three seconds, five seconds here, but they have that one bad workout, and you got to not let
2: those dominoes fall. Yeah, it's so it's 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 that so hard. Difficult. Well, and I mean, we're the type of athlete that we're talking about here. We're talking about an athlete that has the ability to do long term planning, and that's a double edged sword because that long term planning can very much turn into immediate anxiety mm-hmm. when you don't feel like you're following your your to your trajectory to success. And so, I mean, I know I spend a lot of my time kind of talking my kids down a little bit of this is not as important as you're making it. Yes, and and it's 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 so hard as a coach because you want to sell them on the idea that these workouts are very important, that if you don't take these workouts seriously, that you're not going to see success. But then what happens when your athlete doesn't hit that workout and they say, "Okay, well, if I can't hit this workout on Monday, then I won't be able to be ready for the next workout on Wednesday. And then I'm not going to have a good race on Saturday. And then I'm not going to have a good season at state. And then I can't get recruited. And then like my whole like life plan is off. And you're like, whoa, whoa, totally. whoa, We need to pump the brakes. You know, I, I, I think early on in my coaching career, I had one athlete who would always, she, she was dead set that the, the weeks that she crushed her workouts that she would have her best races. And I was always like, Grace, no, like usually if you have a really amazingly hard workout week, that's, that's a race that we're training through. We're not sharpening for that race. Our goal is not trying to hit a time and, and use that data. And she always, her, her hardest weeks, she had her best races, but that was because she believed that she was on the plan. And it was one of the, it was, you know, you go through that a handful of times, enough times and you start to realize that power of mindset and that power of of believing in your path and your trajectory and trying to make sure that they're always bought in, but that they understand that you can take a step off of it. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't change the slope of your curve, you know, that, that one step back sometimes can be two steps forward. If, if you, what you need right now is rest. And that, totally. you know, I think you mentioned this earlier with like with respect to Parker and and some other high-end athletes, that's one of the hardest things is getting them to appreciate rest. Um, because, you know, I've had some kids come through where they just want to hit, you know, as many miles as possible. I want to be doing 80, 90, 100-mile weeks and two workouts a day. And, you know, I had a bad season last year, so I'm going to go doubly hard this season. And some of that enthusiasm you want to be able to bottle and hold on to, Mm -hmm. but some of it, you need to, you got to temper and, you know, you've got to pull the reins on those kids. Um, And it's just, it's, it's hard. It's hard to find that line because you pull the reins too hard and they, they lose buy-in and, you know, you don't pull the reins hard enough. And then you've got kids that are hurt or burned out or, you know, not bought in because they, it's not fun anymore, you know? So it's always that. once.
0: Yeah. And it's hard because you don't want to see your whole, you know, team show up to practice in boots one day. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and it's finding a really fine line there. And I, and I, and, and kind of, you know, speaking to, to fine lines, you know, looking at the last three years, four years of Colorado, like high school running like in a in a word, it's been bananas, oh, like yeah. you look at what's what's produced right We had Cruz Culpepper in there alongside a guy like Cole sprout, and mm-hmm. we looked at you know uh, and to kind of bring people into into the the world of what's recently happened. I alluded to this at the start of our conversation um you know when when I sat down with parker for our for our interview, um he was still the Colorado miles state record holder. And no one saw Harrison Witt coming this this weekend. And so uh, for for a small window there, um, you know, again speaking to Parker, he now has the Colorado high school two mile record. So I think it was about twenty five minutes. I'd have to look, but for (laughs) twenty five minutes,
2: something like that,
0: (laughs) he held all three records. Um, And you know what's to kind of bring people into the world here, uh, we're talking about a 406 and a 405 mile. And the four minute mile on Colorado soil just got broken last year. Yep. It, it it's not like you know, we see a lot of sub four miles, even though we're a huge running state here in Colorado. So to see a, a 406 and then the next weekend have it drop to four oh five after it had stood, I think, for 40 well over twenty years. years. I think it
2: was closer to forty.
0: Forty years. Yeah. You know, and, and so you had a cruise and, and Cole, you know, run kind of towards that four ten area. So it, it dropped a lot and then it dropped like, you know, percentage-wise, even more. And so it's it's kind of mind-boggling, but if I look back, you know, being on the again, on the outside of this, if I was in Parker's position, looking at a guy like Cole Sprout and Cruz Culpepper, that has cast such a huge shadow over his accomplishments in the last three years, like the, 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 not just the attention, but the national level of attention, both these athletes got, how did you keep a kid like Parker going and not get like, just absolutely trumped and like demotivated. Cause we talked about like, yeah. you know, right. I, I, if that falls. And so it's like, I think like you're, you're balancing this tightrope already between good day, bad day, but then how do you handle I just ran some amazing PRs and I broke it right he broke a, a the 5k record minutes later Cole comes and takes it right away and so it's it's he didn't even get the attention for for having broken it first really yeah, right <laughs> so how do you how do you keep a kid going when there is that much attention and saying like you're going to have your year just be patient
2: you know i i almost think that it's it's because of Cruz and Cole that that to to a degree that Parker's where he's at. I mean, I think it comes back to what we were talking about earlier with believing what's possible. And I think for Parker, he is he is one of the greatest competitors that I've ever coached. That, you know, he just does not want to give up. He doesn't want to lose a workout. He doesn't want to lose a race. He doesn't wanna he doesn't want to, you know, sit on a kid. Um, he wants to lead. And um and so being um, being in, you know, Cole, especially because Cole was 5A, and so we raced him, you know, fairly frequently uh, that sophomore year or uh, into junior year, um, you know, being in that shadow a lot, I think, kind of – gave Parker a goal. And so that he could see, all right, I see this recognition that these kids are getting. I know what I need to do to get there, or I know at least what times I need to hit to get there. So now I can plan on how to get there. Um, And I think that, like you said earlier, um, a lot of it is in how you plan that path. And so it's not, let's try and get there today. Or even when we're setting our goals, it's not, let's try and beat this kid. It's, you know, you've got to set those goals off of your internal metrics and say, okay, you know, this is where you're at right now. This is where is reasonable for you to be at in, you know, at the end of this, you know, third of your training phase um, to kind of think about where you should be competing at. And then let's see where the race takes us. And so if that race presents itself, let's go after it um you know i know uh in parker's junior year he and cole both ran at liberty bell and the goal was to just try and hang on cole for as long as we could and to see what happened and cole ran a great race that day um i'm pretty sure that was the day he set the colorado 5k record that you know parker ultimately broke this last season but we finally had gotten him to the point where he believed that he could hang in that race. And, you know, and that was such an important step forward in, you know, that belief of, Hey, I can hang in this race. And, and I, I belong in this company of individuals and they might be a little in front of me right now, but I belong in this crew. And, um, and then layer put on top of that that he and Cole and a group of other kids were able to train together last summer um and i think that really helped him take that next step forward of saying not so much i belong to be behind cole but i i think that i can go after what he's done and i think that you know based on the experiences that i've had based on the confidence that i have in my abilities and the training that i've put in um I can recalibrate my goals. And so it's kind of that continual recalibration. I, you know, and I think as well, one of the things that's been, you know, in a weird way, beneficial for Parker is that he did kind of fly under the radar a little bit. Um, And so the expectation was just, hey, just keep getting better, buddy. You know, just keep trying to be better. Just keep trying to improve. Rather than – I I know for some athletes that I've coached where if they go out their freshman year and they make a big statement that it becomes very difficult because the pressure isn't so much to improve but is to just maintain or to – you know to not regress not not re- thank you not regress and um and that's a lot scarier regression is so much scarier than even plateauing uh for distance runners that's always the worry that you're getting slower because then you start to question the process and then you start to question everything and so you know i think i think in a lot of ways the fact that we've had such a crazy four years that we've had so many super talented distance runners And, you know, both great athletes and great competitors, great mental competitors, um, you know, it's been able, we've, we've kind of been able to kind of peg off of those kids and say, all right, this is where we're at. Let's try and go past it. And that's, it's just been awesome. It's, it's been amazing. And I,
0: and I love you kind of describing that situation because you can see where the mindset shift kind of happens. And I think that's the sign of like, well, what we as coaches kind of look for in our, in our best athletes and hope for in our best athletes is that they move from this position of, okay, I'm competing against the clock. That's that great freshman, sophomore year kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And then they move into this level of competition where there's even shifts within that, where they move as an athlete kind of from this, okay, I'm chasing someone down. They are still not yet my equal to, uh, there's a moment, right? Whether it's a, a, you know, they they realize that their hero is fallible, and yep. they may beat them in a race, and that person had an awful race, whatever it, it doesn't is, doesn't matter. But it's enough. <laughs> an, it's enough to move that athlete forward, yep. and they move from being, you know, I'm I'm just below you, I'm one step down on this escalator, to now we're on the same step. To how far can we go together? Yeah, and I think like. That's like when you, you see such crazy things happen um, because now they – it's not that they even view themselves as equals. They just view that this is going to be a race. And it, it's, it's so interesting to watch that because there is a huge difference for me even on the sidelines watching what I consider running, which is – you know, going against the clock, and then what we call racing, and yeah. it's this tactical, like trying to figure out what the other person's thinking. There's surging, there's all this moving, that's racing, um, and it's so so different. Um, just watching that progression, I, I, I've I've loved it, um, and I think one of the things that that is going to make it really exciting this year is that now we do have a guy like Harrison.
2: Yeah, it's you know, awesome.
0: that we didn't see. Um, and so I'm, one of the things that I'm looking forward to, you know, I, I know Parker had some really great success at the cross country meet 1406 mind bogglingly fast on a cross country course. This it wasn't a, a road course, um, by any means. Um, so I, I'm, uh, we got a bell here. We do got a bell. All right. There we go. We're good. We'll leave that, that that in for aesthetics. People actually know you are at school working (laughs) right now. Yeah. It's almost the end of the season. We've actually had a really late season this year. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have the time to kind of talk through all of how have you guys gone through COVID? Yeah. Um, Clearly when it comes to results, it's been fine. So yeah, let's, 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 let's talk a little bit here. Like, so with us having a, a longer season here in Colorado, we're not going to get done till what end of June Yep, correct. now it's going to move beyond the actual physical school year. Um, so postseason is usually where we try to show up and show out, uh, as coaches. And so we've had a couple of meets that would be really great to get into if it was the normal season, but we still have state championships to think about. Um, you know, wh- what are you lining up as far as with your athletes? Are you guys going to seek out any post-season competition that you can share with us at least?
2: Yeah, I, I think, um, I think right now with Parker, um, I think he's looking to do that, uh, Brooks race, uh, post-season. Um, we're also going to try and get him a little bit of competition outside of the state during the season. Um, you know, I was, I was texting uh, Harrison's coach uh, and uh, trying to f- figure out if we could set up a race before the state meet um, because I would just love to see those two kids really try and push each other to absolutely amazing. amazing. Um, and unfortunately, the weekend that we are going to be at the same meet, Parker's going to be out of town. So we're not going to be able to set that up the way that I would have liked to, but, you know, is what it is. But um, yeah, I mean, I think... With Parker, a lot of this is just kind of gravy for him. He's already got his plans for next year, you know, going to North Carolina, um, you know, getting ready to be a successful cross-country runner at the collegiate level. Um, And so a lot of this is just to see what we can do. You know, I mean, I depending on what conversion you look at a four Oh six mile converts real close to a four flat mile. Um, so I know for him being sub four in high school would be something that would be real special for him. Um, and then also just kind of seeing what, what could he, what can he do in the two mile? You know, like you said, he set this two mile record, the, first official sub nine for a high schooler in Colorado, I'm pretty sure. Um, and, uh, and so what can we do at sea level, you know, cause that's going to make more difference for that two miles. So I think that's, that's kind of what we're thinking about, but, um, you know, I know this weekend we're running that 1600 hundred. We're <laughs> site set on four Oh five, just to see if we can snag that because, um, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tough. As you know, that state meet is a long weekend. And so the likelihood that, um, that that's your best time is just so low, you know, it's so rare that your Colorado record gets set at the state meet. So, you know, we kind of want to, we want to do our best to get those fast times in. So then, like you said, we can be competitors, we can be racers And we're not just running, we're not running against the clock, you know, that state meet weekend, we're we're running to get on the podium as much as we can, you know, and so that's, that's, that's the plan. So. Yeah,
0: no doubt. No doubt. And I'm, I'm super excited for it. I I'm blessed that I, uh, you know, get to get to shoot some photography for miles split. So I get the inside look at all these things. And so it's, it's really fun. Um, and I think this year is, 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 is kind of heating up. You know, we, we usually, this is the weekend right now, right. um, when, when we'd be having our state meet. So it's, it's cool to see that, uh, we're just starting to see some of these big results. So super excited, uh, for cherry Creek, super excited for you, um, and just kind of see where everything goes, I think uh it probably won't be too too short of a time uh maybe we'll we'll be back to have another conversation about Miss Stewart. I hope you never so. know, so um, I'm really excited for it. I know we just heard that bell, so that uh definitely means that uh we gotta let you go because 'cause yeah, you've got time you for gotta, me, you gotta get prepped so uh, Ethan, I really appreciate it. This has been a super fun conversation. Um, I know we could go for another hour uh, talking coaching and uh, might just have to have you back. But until then, thank you so much for taking the time.
2: Anytime. Thanks, coach. I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to talk here. Absolutely.